Hi and welcome to Home Education for All, or HEFA for short. At HEFA, we believe that community is the heart of home education, and so that's what we built. We built a community in the UK, helping, supporting and uplifting each other to be the best home educators we can be. And now we're coming to you via this podcast too. Stay tuned for all things home education in the UK via our amazing, experienced, knowledgeable and often hilarious team. We truly believe home education can be for everyone and we hope listening here will give you the confidence or knowledge you need if you've been considering home education. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Heifer podcast. We are back. It is January and we are doing Home Ed 101, which is all about the guides in the Heifer group. So if you're in the Heifer group, you will know we have copious guides on absolutely everything you can think of. And you may know that our admin very regularly have a copy and paste that says, please do read the guides. Um, They are huge. And so we thought that it would be really wonderful to do a series on the podcast of going through those guides and what they really mean and having a chat with fellow home educators in our group as well. This week is no different and I have three wonderful home educators that are going to share their thoughts and experiences about local authority contact. So local authority contact. Um, for, For those of you who don't know, home education is of equal legal standing as uh, school education. Parents have a legal duty to ensure that their children receive an education and that education can be at school or provided otherwise than at school, which we covered in the last podcast. Now, while parents have the the significant duty, local authorities also have a duty in relation to ensuring that they can identify children who are not receiving an education. That duty falls under Section 436 of the Education Act. Um, and basically, that informs their ability to make informal inquiries of home educators. So informal inquiries. Basically, what happens is you deregister and then at some point, the local authority should be in contact with you. It is different for every single local authority. Some of them contact very, very quickly uh, within the day. Some of them contact within days or weeks, some of them contact within months and some of them never contact. So, for example, for me, when I became home educated, I never received uh, any information from the local authority and they didn't kind of make any informal inquiries of me for eight years. So that's a very different environment to what home educators coming into home ed now experience which is where quite often they get inform you know informal inquiries from the local authority within days rather than years um so their inquiries don't legally have to be satisfied this is really interesting so when a local authority makes an informal inquiry into your home education what they're doing is they're saying we just want to check that you're providing an education to your child that's suitable because they have 
they have this duty to identify children not receiving an education, right? Now, when they do that, they don't legally have to be responded to. However, it is very sensible to respond to them because if you don't provide any information to the local authority at all, it's basically they're then within their rights to assume that you are their remit, that a child is not receiving an education because they don't have any information on it. So their inquiry should be proportionate and not seek to exert more oversight than is necessary. Some people's local authorities do seem to just completely ignore that part of the guidelines. And we do have a, fam a, a family that we're speaking to later on that know that very well. Um, local authorities shouldn't make contact um, any more than annually. OK, so they can make an initial inquiry to find out about your home education and then it shouldn't really they shouldn't really be in contact for at least a year. Um, if they do have concerns, they can be in contact earlier than that. But they're, again, their concerns, they should be responding to any information that you provide them in, in, a, in a reasonable manner, in a reasonable timescale. So, you know, we see sometimes local authorities getting a report from a family and then the family not hearing from them for nine months before they then say, oh, we've got concerns. Eh, we'd argue that because if you've got concerns, your responsibility and duty as a local authority is to act immediately to prevent a child from not from being left without education. So what, how, do, how do local authorities contact? Um, most local authorities will contact via letter or email, some contact via the phone and some doorstep where they turn up at your house and knock on the door. And this is not, this is not a professional way for a local authority to behave. Um, and we do argue um, and recommend that you ask them, if, if that does happen to you, you ask them to please respond to you via email or via letter um, and close the door. You don't have to answer the phone if the local authority does call you. If you do answer the phone, again, you can ask them to speak to you via written word. So via email or via letter. Um, a reasonable time scale should be agreed for you to provide information to the local authority. Um, now, the local authority can request to see your child. And the word request is important because they can't demand it. So they don't have you don't have a legal obligation to um, show your child to the local authority. Um, and if they were to have any concerns around things like safeguarding or um, worries and concerns about that kind of thing, then they would need to refer onwards to social care as opposed to trying to, to do the job of social services themselves. They must consider all of the information available to them and not dismiss information just because it's not in a format they want. So, for example, if the local authority say we want to have a visit with you and you say, no, I'd prefer to send things in writing, they can't then say, no, that's not OK, because they need to accept any information given to them and then use that information to decide whether the child is their remit or not. So LA contact, we have um, we have the lovely Rebecca. Um, who 
has uh, been home educating for not too long. You're quite new to home education, aren't you, Rebecca? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, just October Fantastic. last year. October last year. Did you have any yeah. problems registering? No, I didn't. Um, no, not really. I use the template, um, which it's just so, so useful to have all that available. And I'm just so thankful that I found Heifer while I was, you know, preparing to do that because yeah. I've really not had a clue, been totally out at sea without that. And um, I read, I read up, I read the guides before, well, we were still thinking about it just before we made the decision. Um, and I read uh, the England local gov, well, the, the England government's policy as well. So I knew really before we deregistered how I was going to approach LA contact. Um, the actual deregistration with the school was fine. Um, I did speak to the my son's head a year on the morning that we deregistered over an, an issue that we'd had in school um, just previously. And I actually said to him then, well, you know, thanks for getting back to me and letting me know what's been done and everything. But, you know, we're, we're actually done now. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and yeah, he was great. He wished me well. He said, apparently he said, um, yeah, you won't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been some really positive outcomes for people who've deregistered from this school. Um, and we think your son's going to do well. So that was reassuring, actually, but because I was kind of geared up for a, you know, I was a bit raw. <laughs> I'll take you. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the things, right, is um, when you are a member of various different national groups on home education, you quite often only see the the bits where people are having problems yeah. with schools yeah. or problems with local authorities. We Absolutely. don't we don't see enough of the wins, I guess. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. It's I think there's even a name for that, isn't there? Um there's a name for everything there, went not there? But uh, yeah, you do. You see such a, a skewed view of things. And it's really important that pe I think people do share when it's going well, because it's yeah. so reassuring when you it see is. that. Um, it is. So yeah, I took, uh, I didn't have the head teacher's email address. So I actually wrote out the letter and took it by hand, old school, <laughs> and got a receipt. Nice. Um, and, and that was that, did the happy dance. <laughs> Wonderful. And how's home ed going? Yeah, it's going well. It's it's going well. I really enjoy it, actually. I was um, nervous as hell to begin with, a bit unsure, even though I'd done loads of research. Um, but yeah, it's going, it is going well, and I, I do love it. I was always the kind of parent that was sad at the end of the holidays, though. <laughs> so... Yeah. I was not that parent. I was very glad for my children to go back to school. <laughs> so many people are, I, you know, maybe it's because I've only got the one. Yeah. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm, I'm a mature person, shall we say? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so really enjoy it. Don't regret a moment of it. Wonderful. So um, have you had contact from the local authority yet? No, I haven't. Ooh. I know. I know, and I'm really surprised by that. Um, to begin with, I must admit, I was checking emails, like, I don't know, hourly. <laughs> um, anybody knocked on the door, I was there at the peephole <laughs> before I answered the door. But that really does settle. As, yeah. as the time's gone on, I feel a lot happier, you know. And I know what I'm going to say, because I heard about um, people in the area being doorstepped, 
Um, and that, that sent me flying a little bit. But I, I know what I shall say if it happens. And I'll just be, you know, polite, friendly and just say thank you. But no, thank you. <laughs> Not today. Yeah. Write in, please. <laughs> so so are you planning to keep things in writing with the local authority? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Rebecca, you have decided to keep things in writing. Is there a particular reason as to why you've chosen to do that? Yeah, there's a couple really. Um, firstly, I'm, I'm, I don't know. My home is is private. It's my safe space. Um, um, yeah, I, I like to keep it calm. I like to know who's coming. I like to know the people that are coming. <laughs> um, I just don't feel comfortable with allowing inviting somebody I've never met before into my home who is probably going to be making all kinds of judgments because people do that whether they realize it or not but you know they she might she he might take a look at me and think oh crikey a bit scruffy um or you know crikey could have hoovered up or anything like that and have that influence their perception of the education that my son's getting which is absolutely wrong it has whether you know I've brushed my hair <laughs> or hooved the floor has nothing to do with the quality of the education that my son's getting and I just don't want to have that I think there's there's what do they call it unconscious bias or something yeah. like that going on um so that's one of the reasons another reason is I can be quite antisocial <laughs> um and also because I just feel, I really feel for people who are, you know, whose LAs are a little bit, has it gone off again? A little yeah, bit pushing. Yeah. Um, who overstep. Um, I've heard of people in my area who've had some negative experiences. And I just think that it's important as a member of the community to I don't know keep them in the remit to show that we have we we're a, a big family with a big support network and we understand what our rights are and we're not going to let people push us around oh I love that I love that so much because um I don't know if you read the blog I wrote a, a few uh it's a couple of months back I wrote a blog about um, when we protect the most vulnerable in our community, it protects all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so while, you know, we can often get people sort of go, well, I'm going to have a visit because we do lots of academic work and I've got lots of work that I can show the local authority, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they'll be really pleased with us. Um, and while that's everybody's right to have contact with the local authority in, in whatever way they want to, um, when we set that yeah. as a precedent, it, it does all kinds of stuff for the members of the society, the members of the community that don't home ed in that way. Yeah. Um, and you're completely right. We are a, a great big family. We're a complete network of, of everybody doing it their own way and trying to keep the local authority to their remit yeah um across the board as well right yeah absolutely I really strongly believe in that and I do appreciate that everybody's different and other people might not see it like that and that is their right and I have no problem with it but those are my reasons <laughs> yeah 
yeah i love that thank you so much for sharing your reasons with me because you're welcome that's the that's the thing with this right you you don't have to do anything um Mm. there are there are consequences and there are um experiences you'll you'll have based on what you do decide and not decide to do um but i guess the point is that deciding you don't want to have a visit or deciding that you don't want to have a phone call should not negatively impact on the local authority's judgment call as to whether or not they feel a suitable education is taking place. Yeah, absolutely. Their judgment has to be based on the information that is provided to them. Yeah, and I have more control over information that I provide in writing. Um, I'm aware that perhaps... Things can get lost in translation, words can be misunderstood. If it's there in black and white, you know, it's it's just a lot more clear. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So um, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to move on to um, another one of our guests, Sam, now. Thank, thank you, Rebecca. You. Thanks very much. Hi, Sam. Hi. Hi. So um, for you, number one, you're in Scotland, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, we're in Fife. Hey, Fife. My dad's from Fife. Um, Well, Kakadi. So um, for you, things are slightly different in Scotland, but in terms of LA contact, it's it's very similar to England, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Okay, and you have had contact with the local authority. You've been home editing for quite a long time, haven't you? Yeah, both both of my kids were in skills, so they both had to come off the register. Okay, and that was, um, did you say five years ago? Over five now. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so for you, you decided to keep things in writing as well? Yeah, yeah, I definitely had. Um, I was a single mum with both the kids. So um, I was kind of nervous of my ex being involved um, just because, you know, he hadn't done the research. He wasn't um, over the board with home ed or how it would work for the children. So really, um, I got a quite a serious sense in the school that obviously because he wasn't pro-home skill, he was pro-skill, that that was, that was who they were leaning with anyway. You know, kind of, even though the kids are with me permanently, they definitely wanted to, you know, push dad's agenda. Um, so for me, uh, keeping everything in writing made it as safe as possible for me and the kids. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and that's that hasn't been a problem? Uh, no, writing? my oldest out of school was a problem. That was probably the hardest part. Um, the head teacher was not overly fond of single mums and she was a firm believer in um, school. We, we have been to university, so we know how to, to, you know, to teach the kids and you don't, you're unqualified. So this is not a good idea. So she really, she really put down that kind of blockers trying to get my oldest out. And there was also, by taking him out, we'd complained a lot about bullying and, um, and there were official complaints in about the school and the safety of the school. So for them to let him out, it, it kind of meant validating a lot of what had gone wrong for him in the school system. So, yeah, there was a lot of blocks getting him out. 
Yeah. But we eventually had to go to our MP. Oh wow. Um and a lot of the letters a lot of letters and emails were like going missing with our local authority. Um but yeah, we finally got them out. Yeah, because in Scotland you um have a slightly different procedure, don't you, for deregistration. It's um Yeah, so we don't have to go I think in England you have to go to the school as well. Like you have to inform the school that you're doing that. Yeah. Whereas with us, it really had nothing to do with the head teacher or the school. It was the the council that we had to go through to get permission to um de-roll them from the school register. Yeah. Yeah. So in England, um, we don't ask permission. We um, instruct them to deregister. Whereas in Scotland, you um, ask for permission, although even then the permission is not really. Yeah, it's one of those things where really it should only like. There should be no reason to hold them back unless they are already on something like social works notes or there's an endangerment um, and belief of the child's welfare. That's really the only reason that there should be a no coming up. Yeah. So um, have you had to provide reports and things like that to the local authority? Yeah, so I've been homeschooling for home educating for six years now. And it was always that way. Like it came in April, very prompt. They wanted the whole written, what's he doing? Where's he been? What's he been saying, making, all of this. Um. Since COVID, that's actually not turned up. I had one uh, one report to do in 2020, and since then we've heard nothing from them. Fantastic. And this is this is a point that is important to make, right, is that the um, obviously the, the Scottish guidelines and the English guidelines will be slightly different, but in the English guidelines in particular, it says at least annually. And what that means is at the very least, they should be checking in with home educators every year but it doesn't have to be every year it can be two three four eight years in my case you know it it doesn't have to be annually um but that's kind of the minimum of um, and I think I think like you said um earlier a lot of it really depends on how once they've done their checks you know like ours was very much our written report was very similar each year. I, it wasn't a, It wasn't so much a rundown of we've done this, this, and this. It was more for us. It was much more mental. Hayden came out with a lot of mental trauma. Yeah. Um, and so, so my report pretty much was getting printed off and sent each year, and it was very simple. It was things like, you know, where this year we're working on building up his um, confidence. Um, and speaking to strangers and you know developing a social circle um, and building his his skills and helping the community yeah so those were all skills that we really wanted our kids to have um, and they're ones that we thought were were important so those are the ones we concentrated on so at first I thought it was very much like okay he's in this class and this class and this class and we're doing this and this and we've been here but it really wasn't it's especially in Fife and I know it doesn't go for every local authority in Scotland but they were they always they were always very receptive with the fact of like okay so once again she's working on him as a whole person rather than just this academic that is much more centered around schools agreed completely and this is the thing right is that Every parent has a duty to ensure their child receives an education that is suitable to that child. There is no 
nothing in legislation that tells us that they must learn subjects or use um, academics the same as um, school, like the national curriculum or whatever you have in, in Scotland. It's similar, isn't it? Yeah, um, so like what's important and what the local authority need to know is whether or not you're thinking about the child you've got in front of you, how you can educate them to the best to be the best they can be and allow them to ensure that when they get older they um, are able to to be out in society making contributions and and being amazing human beings that's the outcome that we're looking for from education whether it's in school or or home educated and I think it made I think it made quite a big difference we've got we've got two I've got 14 year old and a 12 year old and my 14 year old statistic and my 12 year old is ADHD so it's a very interesting household um but what we found was that they had a lot of respect for the th- fact that things were different for each child so Hayden was very centered on like inner work um and like community like a lot of and he works with his hands he's you know not academic in certain areas whereas my 12 year old is ADHD he loves doing he loves to know his routine. He loves to know what's coming in his week. Um, he can do, my older can do much more like longer spurts. Whereas Noah's like very little. Little and a bit in sequence. Yeah. So I think being able to get in touch with the local authority with these reports and them see that the activities they were doing were different. It wasn't, it's not a house where, um, home ed is is one thing and all the the children are learning the same things especially as they've got older like Hayden knows what what kind of areas he likes to work with and so does Noah yeah Um, but I think that really helped the early like seeing that it was an individual child and it was his education rather than like the kind of blanket that they think goes on where it's like yeah they've probably done a couple of worksheets this week you know yeah completely thank you so much Sam for sharing your experiences um I'm going to move on to uh our final guest um which is the wonderful Nikki if I can just unmute her fantastic hello Nikki (laughs) Hi. Hi. So we've just heard from Sam about, um, you know, keeping everything in writing and how that's gone really well for her. Um, you've had a very different experience, haven't you? Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, been, it's been an interesting path. So how long have you been home ed? So we deregistered in April last year. Okay. Um, had the first contacts from the LA in July. Um, that was just a, a phone call, just introducing herself, um, you know, just, just, just trying to find out really where we were and what we've been doing. Um, I think that they did ask the reasons why uh, we pulled about school um, that after a battle of two years of non uh, refusing to, to attend. Um, it, it was the only decision I could make for him, really, because he just wasn't learning, wasn't getting there. Um, so I, I tried to keep the, the phone call brief, um, but I, I did agree to a Zoom meeting. Okay. Um, and that was arranged in September. Uh, I like to see who I'm dealing with. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from. <coughs> um, 
but it's just one of those things. I didn't have a problem with it. I I just wanted to kind of I get, I guess get their take on it and and find out who they are and um same as they like to know who we are. Yeah, completely. That makes a lot of um, sense to me. Yeah, I, I just you know I I didn't see a problem with it. I know what the advice was. Obviously, I'd read the guides and talked to. I actually found a a friend of mine. Her daughter was home educating their three children. Had been for a little while, although they were younger than my son. Um, had conversations with her and a few other people that I'd managed to get in contact outside of Heifer. Um, also asked, you know, before we deregistered uh, for advice and help to try and make sure that I was making the right decision. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a big thing at the end of the day. It is. Um, so, yeah, we, we agreed for the Zoom meeting, um, which I involved my son in so that, you know, they could see that there wasn't a problem um it it was a lot to do with his mental health and mine <laughs> um but also like he would he'd actually started learning more in those couple of months than he had done for refusing to go to school for two years and you were proud of that right oh absolutely yeah yeah um so you know i'm i'm telling them what we've done what we hope to do um Okay, in their eyes, they, he might not have done as much work as he could have done, but you know he was learning at the end of the day, and he'd done it actually in the, uh, maybe three or four months. He'd done more learning than what he had done in two years, which, which is the point. <laughs> like, yes, he was not receiving an education while he was at school, and he's become home educated, and he's now receiving an education. Yeah. So the Zoom call went really well. It seemed to, yeah. There were there were a couple of areas that I thought mm, I don't think that's right, but I didn't have the confidence to speak up at the time. Yeah, and question what she was saying. Um, you know, for for example, uh, there was one bit in there that uh, said something along the lines of receiving a full time education equivalent to school. Oh, or being at school. Um, and I knew that wasn't right, but I didn't have the confidence to say, "Hang on a minute." Yeah, I'm not sure that's quite right. So I just, you know, I just let it go. Um, we had the paperwork come through a week, 10 days later. Um, so they've not only got the date of birth of my child wrong, um, they referred to me as, rather than uh, Mrs. Fisher, they referred to me as uh, Mrs. My Son's Name. Okay. Um, which, you know... You're trying. You're trying to tell. You're trying to decide whether I'm able to teach my son, or educate my son, and you're making these basic errors. Yeah. So, so what? What did the paperwork say? Did it say we're really happy? We'll contact you in a year. No, they wanted to do. Uh, she wanted to do an update. I. The way that I've read it, and other people that have read it, is that. She, she's trying to say that I wasn't providing a full-time education right um and that was just deemed on I don't know we were on I think maybe a 15 minute call um and and just because I didn't go into lengthy discussions and you know give every single tiny little detail I got the impression that she she felt that we weren't doing a full-time education Okay, and at that point, she said that she wanted follow-ups. Yes, so she wanted to do it in December. Unfortunately, I couldn't do December, so it was agreed for mid-January. Okay. Um, 
and that's what led to me trying to do a report because I that's what she was asked for and the paperwork to follow up on the areas that she wanted more information about, which was mainly numeracy and literacy. Okay. Or maths and English, I think she actually worded it. Of course, because, you know, subjects. Um, so for those of you listening, home educators are not legally obliged to do school subjects. They do need, um, as per case law, um, they do need to uh, pay focus to numeracy and literacy, which will increase their um, understanding and uh, make sure that by the time they leave home education, they're able to function in the world as a uh, a fully functioning human being. Um, so, like, I've got a lot of red flags here, Nikki. <laughs> like, um, phone call in the first place um you know then a zoom call then this follow-up saying oh no I, I need more information now if the local authority are genuinely concerned that they feel the child may not be receiving a full-time education it, it is right that they inform you of those concerns so that you can address them yeah. so that's essentially what she's asked for right she said these are my concerns um, please provide information on these areas. Yeah. <laughs> so you set out to then write a report? Yeah, I've, um, I think I had gone back to her um, with the errors that she'd made in the report I received from her. And at that point then said, for future reference, can we please keep everything in writing? Um, so, I, I, you know, I've, I've had my phone call. I've had my... Um, Zoom call, I can see who I'm dealing with. I've got more of a picture. So now, okay, we'll move to everything in writing. At least then things can't get um, misinterpreted. Yes. Um, which is how I felt from the report she'd sent me from the meeting. Um, so, yes, the, I've been making notes and trying to, uh, alongside reading the guides, I'm having my laptop open to write the report. I've got my phone open with the guides, trying my best. I'm, I'm not the best person to put things into words, particularly when I'm trying to put it in writing. So I've, I've had struggles with that. Um, and then obviously asked for the report check. Yeah. Um, and that's where it was flagged of how many inconsistencies and... Um, errors there were yeah basically okay so basically what the local authority were doing were was asking you for information that wasn't uh needed yep um they were wanting school at home kind of approach to things they were wanting information on the subjects of English and maths instead of the general skills of numeracy and literacy. Yeah. Um, and they were, from the sounds of it, they were basing their decision that it was not suitable education. Um, they were comparing it to a school education. Yes. Which is that's That's how it came across in the paperwork. Yeah. Um, however, when questions they've backed right off and said that's not how we meant it to come across funny that mm, yes yeah so has that now been rectified for you it's it's been the process of um as i said i've gone back to uh, to ask for clarification on a few points of their meeting notes um which 
they've obviously then thought, Uh-oh. oh dear, this person kind of like knows what they're talking about rather than in the early days we didn't think she did. Um, so yeah, we're in the process now of um, expanding the report that I had written um, just so I can send off. Um, so my, my original date was the 14th of June, uh, sorry, not June, January. Um, and I've asked them now that I will, or I've told them, not asked them, I've told them that I'll give them an update within 10 working days. Fantastic. Fantastic. Because yeah, that's, that's where we are. Because <laughs> this is the thing, right? It's It can be quite quite dodgy territory because the local authority is entitled to ask for more information if they are concerned, right? Now, the problem with that is that where you've had a Zoom call, um, it can be interpreted in different ways. Whereas when you've written something, even when we're not great at writing or, or struggle to put things in in writing, um, it can be a lot harder for, for your words to be misinterpreted um, when it's in writing compared to a chat on the phone or on a, on a Zoom call. Um, I'm really glad that you sought advice on that, Nikki, because, mm. you know, like you said, you you did some things flagged up for you, right, in that Zoom call. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I'm not sure that's quite right. And the, the, the one thing I forgot to mention, that they also asked for examples of work. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so did they ask for examples of work or samples? Oh, it could have been samples. Yeah. Wrong. So, yeah, sorry. Get me no, no. words mixed up. No, so um, this is something, again, that local authorities do. They will ask for um, examples of work because they know that they can't ask for samples of work. Well, they can. They can technically ask for it, but they're not entitled to it. Um, so the difference between the two is a sample of work is a physical piece of um, of work that a child has done that you send to the local authority to prove that you're telling the truth, essentially, um, which is a bit weird. Do you not trust me? Um, the the examples of work should be include that should not kind of automatically be included in either your report or your chat on the phone or your um, your Zoom call. So when on when on a zoom call for example they might say oh what have they been up to in literacy and you might explain you know oh so and so was doing this this and this for example like we were we were watching this program and they realized that blah 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 that's an example yeah yeah Whereas so it's definitely samples then because they, they want they wanted to actually see some of the work that he'd done okay and again for those of you listening, uh, home-educated children are not obliged to do work. Um, this is an actual thing. Um, so we understand and appreciate that education can happen in many, many different ways. And one of those ways is is on pen and paper, you know, that kind of sit-down workbooks or pen and paper or um, typing and things like that. There are other forms of education um, that are just equally as valid, such as conversational learning, where they won't have anything physical to show the local authority, which is why the local authority should look at each individual child and use that information that they know about the child and the information the parent has given them, which is um, evidence the, the written word of the parent or the, the phone call or the Zoom call is, is evidence of the education happening 
for them to decide whether or not that child is their remit. Because remember, their remit is children not receiving an education. So the minute they they ascertain that your child is receiving a suitable education, you no longer are their remit. So they check that. Yes, that child is receiving an education. OK, our duty has ended for now and we can check back in again in about a year or longer um, to, to, again, check whether the currently that child is receiving a suitable education. I am so thankful for you sharing that experience with us, Nikki, because I know that it's it's scary, right, when the local authority it's, is suddenly changing. Yeah, it was quite a worrying time, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and, you've... and being quite new to it, I, I knew there were aspects of it that weren't right, and I had asked questions as we went along, but it wasn't until actually we got down to actually building this report and, and using the checking service that I realised how many errors, or that I, I wasn't aware how many errors were actually in the details that she'd sent me and yeah. that she was requesting. Yeah. When you say errors, do you mean um, how much of the stuff they were asking for that they didn't need to? Yeah. Well, yes, yes. Or... Yeah, there, there, was, there was a lot of things that... Uh, Probably didn't need to be asked for, um, but I would say ha- having talked to uh, people from experience, um, it's it's led me to think that yeah, she's she's thinking that I'm new to this. I don't know what I need to provide and what I don't need to provide. So therefore, we'll ask for everything. Yeah, and see, see if we get it. See if we get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry that happened to you, and I'm so glad that you received support to put them back in their box basically because that's where they need to be um no offense to any local authority officers listening to this podcast but do your job properly um so thank you so much guys for joining me today um it's been absolutely amazing talking to you uh, for those of you listening, if you are considering home education, you can find our information online. We are on Facebook as a Facebook group, Home Education for All. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We have a website and we have this podcast as well. Um remember, if your local authority is contacting you and you feel that they are exerting more oversight than necessary we can help you with that as we did with Nikki our wonderful home editor who has now put her local authority back in their box um so thank you so much for joining me and um I will see you next time for another home ed 101